You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What do you do when life doesn't go according to plan? That moment you lose a job or a loved one or even a piece of yourself. I'm Brooke Shields, and this is Now What? a podcast about pivotal moments as told by people who lived them. Each week I sit down with a guest to talk about the times they were knocked off course and what they did to move forward. Some stories are funny. Others are gut-wrenching. But all are unapologetically human and remind us that every success and every setback is accompanied by a choice. And that choice answers one question. Now what? I remember some of my first interviews with you. We we both had very different hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. very different shoulder pads. <laughs> that that's true. I remember when you did I remember when I started at ABC and I think that fall we all went and bought Calvin Klein jeans <laughs> because that must have been the year brook. You did Nothing Comes Between Me and My Calvins. Was that 1980? It was 80, yeah. My friend Eileen O'Connor, she ran the teleprompter, and I think she was still a student at Georgetown. But Eileen and I were obsessed with Calvin Klein jeans. (laughs) I just remember seeing that ad, and we all went out and got a pair. And I have to say, maybe Eileen did, but I certainly didn't look like you did in those Calvin's book. (laughs) I don't know about that. That is weird. I just found my actual Calvin's. I had three pairs that my mother kept from the commercial. And one of them I gave to the Met, as one one does. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly. And and the other two, I'm going to frame in plexiglass. I I was going to say, you should give a pair to each of your daughters. Hello, my beautiful Now What family. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that this will be the final episode of the show, which I have loved sharing with you over the past year. It's been a wonderful ride, 
and my team and I are retooling a few things and saying goodbye for now. I'm so grateful for all of you and for your listenership and equally grateful to my last guest for helping me go out with a bang. Katie Couric is an award-winning journalist, a trailblazer, an entrepreneur, a prolific fundraiser for cancer research, and she is so much more. We connected professionally many years ago, and I'm so fortunate that our working relationship has developed into a friendship. Katie's resume is extensive. She spent more than a decade with The Today Show, was the first woman to anchor CBS Evening News, and more recently founded her own company, Katie Couric Media. I'm in awe of her and so thrilled that she was able to join the show. So without further ado, here is Katie Couric. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Oh my God, of course. I'm I'm thrilled to talk to you because, you know, I'm such a big fan. And I think I, I'm glad that people are kind of, you know, getting to know you and your personality because you're so funny. <laughs> and I don't think people, I think like when obviously suddenly Susan and you've had other roles, but I don't think everyone appreciates your sense of humor or the fact that you have such a good sense of humor. Well, thank you for that. I think, you know, I think it's, um, anyway, it's, it's odd. I think it's because if you've been sort of positioned a certain way for a good portion of your life, that is just what people imprint on. And, you know, you can't, I guess you can't be labeled pretty and funny. Although, I mean, Lucille Ball was was like a beauty queen when when she started. <laughs> I don't know why people have to put people in boxes and don't appreciate that. As Walt Whitman said, we contain multitudes, right? Right. I mean, I think it's easier for people because also if you really, um, if you really take in all that we're all capable of, it's a lot of pressure for people. And yeah, I'm I'm really kind of I have to say I was a bit intimidated, not a bit, a lot intimidated <laughs> when I really when I heard only because not not as a friend, because as a friend and like a girlfriend, I know I can call you and we can be girls and we can we've talked about a multitude of private things together. But it just, you know, you you set the tone and you're the front runner for so many women. And the fact that I got intimidated by the fact that I thought you were going to be, uh, that I knew you were going to be on the show, it struck me. I thought, I wonder if she ever gets intimidated by interviews that she has to give. Has there been anybody that's been intimidating to you? I think, I think when I have to tackle topics that I don't know a great deal about, that I feel like the learning curve is really steep. You know, if it's somebody on a specific aspect of foreign policy that I might not be uber knowledgeable about or a medical thing that I don't know a lot about, sometimes I do get intimidated. But I think at this point, you just let your natural curiosity take over. You have a conversation. And I think the goal is to really make things as accessible and understandable to people. So I remember Tom Friedman said to explain things simply, you have to understand them deeply. So I try to strike that balance of understanding something and then synthesizing it and distilling it. That's a that's a tall order, but <laughs> you the research involved, I think, is is daunting. And I'm sure you know, to make it accessible for other people is really, is really the gift of, of being a journalist. Um, you wanted to be a journalist from the time you were 
a little kid. I mean, you're the, you're the youngest of four, correct? You grew yeah, up in yeah. Virginia. And you said you wanted to be a journalist from a young age. What? How did you know that that's what you wanted? What was it about journalism that intrigued you? I think I wanted to do something that had to do with language and writing. And I think it was the process of elimination. Honestly, I wasn't very strong in math and science. I hate to say that because that's such a stereotypical thing. But I really gravitated towards words and language and writing and more creative pursuits. So I knew I wanted to do something that involved some form of communication, whether it was writing or radio or talking. And I think because my dad was a print journalist early in his career, and he saw that I wrote well and I wrote quickly because I was such a procrastinator as a kid. I'd wait to the last minute to do my homework, but I was able to write things under pressure. And I think he thought, wow, journalism might be a really great career for you. I mean, he didn't say that, but we sort of went in that direction. And I got internships when I was in college and I worked at three different radio stations and I wrote for my school newspaper and at UVA, I wrote for the Cavalier Daily. So I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I think when you are lucky enough to find a job you love, that is such a gift. Do you remember the first time that you fell in love with the idea of news, like the news moment that made you just fall in love with that medium? I don't remember if there was one particular moment. I just loved every aspect of jumping into a local news van, not knowing what you were going to find when you stopped to cover a story having to jump out, get your bearings, figure out what was going on, find people to talk to, start painting a picture of the story in your mind, listening to the sound bites on your little mini tape recorder on the way home, writing the script, figuring out what you're, maybe if you're going live from the location, what your, you know, your live intro is going to be, what your outro is going to be, and doing it Thinking under on your such feet. pressure. Oh, yeah. It's so fun. It's such an adrenaline rush. And it's just exciting. And then you've got this thing that you've produced, and it's done, and it's over, and you can go home and leave it behind. (laughs) It's awesome. It's amazing. And also just the thinking on your feet and that being able to adapt. I mean, it's our version as an actor of improv. You know, it, you yeah. you just, it's yes and. You know, you never shut anything down. It's always what's the next thing. But it's interesting though. I don't think, and I, you know, my, my daughter, I always, things happen and things don't happen for them. And I try to tell them all the time that, you know, rejection is just part of, growth and especially yes. in this medium what you're what you I mean there must have been so much rejection and part of what I w- wanted to do with this show is to normalize rejection you mm-hmm. know to show people that you can recover from it that it happens to all of us and it's how oh God, you respond yes. and how you continue that really reveals who you are that's so true that's so true and i mean from the get go i had people telling me, you know, oh, you're never going to make it in the business. The president of CNN, when I did a really bad report, uh, like I was too young and 
really bad. And uh, he called the the assignment desk at CNN in Washington and said he never wanted to see me on the air again. Talk about like deflating. <sighs> and, you know, I had I had a really challenging time when I went to CBS, both internally with the politics there and externally with people, I think, wanting to tear me down and not picking up what I was putting down in terms of trying to retool an evening news broadcast. And it's hard. And uh, you're right. Everybody deals with rejection or disappointment or dashed hopes at some point in their lives. And it's no fun, but it's just part of life. How did you move on from it, though? What did you what what was I mean, I think I had different reactions at different to different disappointments, like when the president of CNN said he never wanted to see me on the air again. I was just like devastated. But I also thought maybe he's right. Maybe I need more experience. Maybe I'm not ready and I just need to do it more. And that's when I moved to Atlanta and became a producer and started doing on-air stuff little by little and found a mentor. That's when I went to Miami and became a local news and just churned out story after story. And, you know, I agree with Malcolm Gladwell. It takes about 10,000 hours to get good at anything. (laughs) And I just thought, you know, I'm just, I need more practice. I need more experience. So I took it personally and yet I didn't take it personally. And I tried to figure out well, how could I change the circumstances I found myself in? Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. 
Millions of people have made the switch to Nick Sleek Proof Underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine washable, and great looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. You were interviewed by people after you left CBS, and you said you didn't think that people really internally ever really accepted you. And you said, I thought we were much further along when it came to sexism. What prompted that observation? Well, I think if you had sort of been in my shoes during those five years, and I think a lot has changed. I think that Sexism is still one of the most acceptable isms, less so than it used to be. But I think that I got criticized for what I wore my first night on the evening news. I got criticized for the way I held my hands. These really dopey things that a male anchor would just never be subjected to. I mean, let's face it, it's more interesting, I think, to look at women on television because there's more variety. You know, men just look generally a certain way, wear a certain suit and a tie. And and I think that um that not everyone, and by the way, I had a lot of friends within CBS, but a lot of people I think sort of didn't like outsiders. They are it's a pretty insular place. People go there and they kind of spend their entire careers there. Wow. So I had the outsider status. I had the first woman status. I had the morning show uh, albatross around my neck that somehow I lack gravitas, which I always say is Latin for testicles. And, you know, (laughs) and that and and that somehow I wasn't enough of a, you know, a serious journalist to handle the CBS evening news, which was just honestly baloney. So I think there were a lot of and not just I, I think there were a lot of biases that honestly infected or affected the way people saw me in that role. Well, what uh, just explain to me what the morning show stigma oh, is. Well, I think that people uh you know even though Tom Brokaw did the Today show for example and even John Chancellor did the Today show um I think there is a feeling that the morning shows are very fluffy. And that they don't deal with serious news and they're not they're not done or anchored by serious people. I think that's an unfair characterization because I did so many serious interviews during my 15 years at the Today Show and I did many Dateline specials. I interviewed Supreme Court justices and presidents and world leaders. Um, but I think that it just has this kind of unfair sort of imprimatur as kind of a, you know, a light, fluffy show. It's entertainment, and, not news. Yeah, yeah. But it, I was really, really proud of working on the Today Show and really proud of a lot of the work we did and the stories and the serious stories I covered from Oklahoma City bombing to 9-11 to presidential elections to 
all kinds of really important stories. I mean, you've covered so much, and I'm curious about how you cover some of the more divisive issues without inserting your personal opinion. I honestly try to understand what the person is saying, and I try to learn from that and ask questions that I think other people would ask. I do try to, you know, have a Vulcan mind meld with people who might be watching. And mm. and I try to be objective. But, you know, I have at this point in my life, I'm 66 years old. There are certain things that I really believe in. And it and it is hard to sometimes like interview somebody who is against abortion. You know, I'm I I'm for reproductive rights. I am for stricter gun laws. I have, I think at this point in my career, been able to say there's some things that I really deeply believe in. Um, and so I think I do have uh, biases when it comes to those topics. But in other instances, I just try to listen and challenge when necessary and in a respectful way, um, you know, have a conversation with people. But, you know, as I, I think there's no there's no such thing as true objectivity, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're doing the very strict who, what, when, where, why. If you're trying to put any context or any kind of explanation behind an event, it's inevitable that your perspective is going to be influenced by your point of view in some way. And do you feel like you are now, there's areas of your personality that you can more freely and unapologetically share now that you might not have in your early days in news? Yeah, there were like, you know, there were third rails, like, like you couldn't talk about gun violence. And I did a whole documentary about why gun violence was out of control in this country. You know, I couldn't have done that anchoring the Today Show. I could not have had a strong opinion. But with your media company now, you can can put out the messaging that you you believe in and you know. Well, you know, Brooke, I was able to shape the broadcast slightly differently when I was at CBS. I could focus more on women's stories. You know, Mm. we did something on dating violence. We did something on, you know, sexual assault in the military. I did, you know, stories that I think a male anchor would not have necessarily thought about. Mm. And so I was able to make my mark in some ways when it came to story selection. So I feel like I wasn't totally, um, you know, hamstrung by being in a, a more traditional media environment. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm relieved and glad um, to hear that. I think you're a very strong business woman insofar as the way you handled um, this fascination with your personal life in a way that made it not st- get stolen from you. You know, I mean, I've felt that my whole life, but I'm right. I'm not in I'm not in news, you know, but that 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 piece is usually not something that gets it's usually that that personality and then the private life is the private life, but you've done such a sort of beautiful job of taking trials and tribulations and you've been open about so much that you went through personally in in your life, but also making them teaching moments and sharing them for other people's benefit. And I'm curious as to how you were able to reconcile that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that 
morning television is such a different animal. You develop, you know, these parasocial relationships with the anchors. You do get to know them. You know, people would say to me, I feel like I know you. And I said, I'd always say in many ways, I think you do because they'd see you in serious moments. They'd see you having fun. They'd see you having casual chit chat with your colleagues. And I think maybe there was a lot of interest in my personal life because I was very authentic to who I was on television, that who I was off camera was really, there was no difference really to how I, I mean, I, there were some limitations of things I would do on television (laughs) that I wouldn't do off camera, but I was very much the same person with the same persona. And I think when people saw me pregnant, they were with me when I had both of my girls, they were with me when my husband, Jay, got sick. You know, there I was, a 41-year-old widow with two children, six and two. And I think people felt terrible for me in the, in the most loving way. I mean, obviously, how can you say that about millions of people? But I did feel this support coming to me from from the Today Show viewers and the audience that, you know, does welcome you in your home, then their home, like your kind of family. Mm -hmm. And having seen that terrible thing happen to Jay, and then to see me try to be resilient and move forward, then I think people became interested in my love life. Like, you know, it, it, it made for good tabloid fodder. And you know, it was just part of being, I think, at the time where morning shows had a real place in the culture more so than I think they do today because of the fragmentation of media. And I, I think people just were interested in Did that how help? I was going to move forward. I, I mean, Did it help I mean you sometimes, you it felt, sometimes it felt invasive, but during the trauma of, of losing Jay, it was so helpful. It was so comforting. I felt so cared about by complete strangers who sent me mass cards and sympathy notes and stories about loss that they had experienced. It was actually really beautiful. And I still have many of those letters and in big Tupperware bins in, in my basement. And you know, when I at Jay's funeral, I asked everyone who came to write letters to Ellen Carey because mm. I knew that they were not going to have the privilege of really getting to know their father. And so to be able to have those that people wrote such beautiful, thoughtful notes and letters and multi-page letters to to the girls, that that is really love. That's compassion. That's empathy. And I felt it so strongly. And, you know, a loss, it was a terrible loss, but it did help. And it was comforting to know that people were out there holding me in their hearts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, 
Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to this sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. You know, I, when I had very severe postpartum and wrote and I wrote about it, I still... Right, right. This, you came on the Today Show. I did. But to this day, people come, women come up to me and tears in their eyes and they and they cry and they say thank you and you know and it's that there's something to be said for shared loss or shared experience or that Definitely. you know you're not alone and that you know to be willing to be open to that I think is obviously a sign of who you are as a person. Well I think especially you know when it comes to taboo topics like postpartum depression that people are so terrified of and so frightened by and to break the stigma and to let people share and know it's okay and that there's help. I mean, you did a tremendous public service and I hope that I did the same with colon cancer. You know, nobody talked about colon cancer when Jay got sick and, and died and nobody really talked about the fact that you can, it's highly preventable if you get screened and, You know, I think when you're a public figure, you have a platform and with that platform comes a responsibility. And if you can educate people 
and arm them with information that will help them, that could even save their lives. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it, but I think it's really selfish to not share, not to share your experience. And I, you know, I call the show Now What? Because it's really about those pivotal times in our lives when something very massive happens and we we really are, 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 the rug is pulled out from under, underneath us and we are thinking, oh shit, what do I, you know, now what do I do? And I imagine you've had many now what moments. Was that one of your biggest now what moments? How did you move forward from that? I think when you have children, you really have no option but to put one foot ahead of the other, you know, yeah. when something like that happens, you don't have the luxury of staying in bed and pulling the covers over your head. You have to be there for your kids. You have a responsibility. You have to parent. And so that's what I did. And I also, you know, I was a single parent. I had to keep working. I wanted to keep working. I loved my job. And I think early on realized that we're all terminal and we have a finite amount of time on this planet and that I don't think Jay would want to destroy two lives because he got cancer. I think he would want me to to bring as much joy into our daughter's lives as possible. Thomas Jefferson wrote that the earth belongs to the living and that sounds selfish and cold in a way, I guess, but I think it means, you know, we're here and we have to make the most of our time while we have it because you never know and life is fragile and you have to go on. And I wanted to go on. I didn't want two or four lives to be to be destroyed because Jay got cancer. And God, it sucks. You know, it's so maddening when someone young, especially gets cancer. They're so cheated out of so much. And I'm still really angry about it, honestly. It's just so unfair and infuriating. And you started a very important organization, Stand Up to Cancer. Yeah. Um, you co-founded f- 15 years ago, right? Right. And you right. raised- With a bunch of women who were just really angry, like I was, about the pace of cancer research. When Jay got diagnosed with colorectal cancer, and it was metastatic, it was all over his liver, the 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 first line chemotherapy was something that had been around since the 1950s and this was 1997 and it just infuriated me that they didn't have more options and and i it was very motivating not only for me to get involved with colon cancer research but i realized so many cancers needed more more support more funding you know one out of 10 promising research proposals is approved or funded by the nci and that means so many, so many exciting possibilities are left on the cutting room floor. And I just said, we have to support cancer research. You know, it's still so much progress has been made, but it's still a devastating disease. So many people die of cancer still. I mean, that uh, you lost your sister a few yes. years later. And she was 54 and running for lieutenant governor of Virginia. And that infuriates me too. I mean, anyone listening to this who knows somebody who was taken way too soon from this disease, it's just, it's awful. And it's, uh, 
you know, one in th- one in two men and one in three women will be diagnosed with this in their lifetime. So that's why I'm so passionate about funding research and science. You know, it's really become my life's work. And I think when you're touched by something personally, Brooke, as you know, you become really invested mm. in doing something about it. Well, it's it's um, you've you've made a huge amount of of a difference and and hundreds so. of millions of dollars yeah. to research and care has happened because of stand up to cancer. I mean, I think there's so much around it. My dad died of prostate cancer, um, which you don't have to die from, right? Um, so we have not mentioned your sweet husband, but you have been with your husband John for. You've been with Mulner for a decade, right? More than a yeah, decade. We're ha- yeah, we're having our 10-year anniversary this June. And he really oh. likes your husband, Chris, too. <laughs> I'm lucky. I think we have funny husbands. Yes. <laughs> and uh, kind of in that dry, sarcastic, funny way. <laughs> and um, I have to say, Mulner, who I call by his last name, I don't know how I started that. But I call Henchy Henchy, so. You do? Mm-hmm. He, he's, he just is a very funny person and he gets frustrated with me because I'm a bit of a mess. I'm kind of like pig pen. I leave a little trail of junk (laughs) wherever I go and he is a neat freak. So that sometimes creates problems uh, for us. But (laughs) most of the time we get along really, really well. And he does make me laugh. Is there something that you're, I mean, I'm, I just love how you keep going forward and the energy you have to, it's not even reinventing. It's just repurposing and re-exploring or I don't even know if re is the right word. It's just, you know, you're such an inspiration to, um, I started a a company for, and we've talked about it for women um, in this era of our lives, you know, that is full of possibility and there is so much more and we have so much to offer and we're so versatile and we're beautifully complex and we, we've done so many things and we've, yes, (laughs) wise and raised children. And is there something you're especially excited about in this next chapter? I mean, I honestly, you know, I just enjoy trying my hardest and sometimes succeeding in putting good things out in the world. Good things don't have to be happy things. They can be, you know, conversations about important topics, journalism or whatever it is I do. Storytelling is a can be and often I hope is a public service, you know, that mm. it's even if I don't have a huge audience or if an interview I do gets 5,000 people, you know, when I used to have 5 million people watching the Today Show, I feel like if that's helped somebody understand something, if it's helped them kind of take care of their health, if it's made them aware of something they didn't know, um, like, I don't know, that's just, I guess my love language is is telling stories and and sharing information. And I'm excited, you know, I'm I'm excited that I'm I'm starting a production company and I'm going to get more involved in scripted and non-scripted Wonderful. projects, which is okay. great. You and I should talk and maybe collaborate on something. I would love that. I there's I'm going starting to find 
find books and find stories that that I really do resonate and that I want to see cinematically. And I feel like fem- I think female voices are getting out there in a way that they haven't before. I think over the last several years, women and their stories and their voices and the people behind the scenes are really making their mark. And um, and I'm excited to 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 have that kind of storytelling be part of my portfolio as well. That was Katie Couric. Head over to katiecouric.com to subscribe to her newsletter and listen to her podcast, Next Question with Katie Couric. As for me, that's it for now. On behalf of myself and the team at iHeart, thank you. Your support has truly meant everything to us. Now What with Brooke Shields is a production of iHeartRadio. Our lead producer is Julia Weaver. Additional production support from Caitlin Simpson, Elizabeth Warner, Darby Masters, and Abu Zafar. Our executive producer is Christina Everett. The show is mixed by Bahid Frazier. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.